Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. So we're talking about that we are to answer things. Jesus instructed us and showed us by demonstration when he walked up to the tree in Mark 11, verse 12, and it didn't produce any fruit, he answered it. What was he doing? He was showing us what to do when we come up to nothing. Whenever we walk up to situations that are different than we wish them to be, it's up to us to talk to them. So uh, he answered the tree and they continued on their journey. And as they were continuing on their journey, the next day they come back. And when they come back from their journey, Peter stops and says, Master, the tree you cursed, look, it's withered. Well, the outside of it was shown, but it already, at the root of that thing, it, it died when Jesus spoke to it. It took time for it to show up. It took time for what Jesus said to come into manifestation. But it, it takes time because where it began to work was in the unseen. What's this mean? When you answer things and you talk to things, it may take time for them to show up, but the moment you answer, it goes at the unseen root of that situation. Amen. So Jesus answered that tree, and that tree at that moment begins dying, and it doesn't show up till the next day. That's why once you answer something, answer it, then keep on walking. Don't wait for it to show up before you make progress and go on your journey. If you're going to stop and give all your attention to the tree, then you're going to be walking by what you see instead of by walking by the authority that's already yours. Amen. And so verse 21 of Mark 11, verse 21, and Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. In verse 22, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. He's letting them know this is, this is the way faith acts. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith, not whatsoever God says, but whatsoever he saith. So Jesus is simply saying this, talk to things that'll obey you. He told him, I talked to a tree and a tree obeyed me. And he's saying, it'll do the same thing for you. Talk to it, it'll obey you. Can I say this? Talk to pain. Talk to symptoms. Talk to a checking account that's too low. Talk to it. Uh, You want to know why Christians' bodies are sick and some even close to death? They didn't talk enough. Talking the word to that. Talking the word to it. Amen. You know how people kill marriages? They talk the wrong thing to them. You want to know how people bless marriages? They talk the right thing to them. You want to know how people uh, cause their children to flourish? They talk the right thing to them. Now, talking the right thing to children is not always telling them how wonderful they are. (laughs) My mother didn't do that all the time. 
my mother, my mother, she paid attention to us. And uh, whenever we got up to leave the house, she'd say, come here, let me look at you. And she told us what she thought before we walked out the house because we didn't walk out with her without her permission of how we looked. Why? Because she answered us rightly. We grew up soundly. You have to answer situations rightly for things to come out soundly. Amen. Hallelujah. Now this is the thing is don't make the mistake. Jesus said, talk to the mountain and it will, it will, it will move. It'll obey you. Don't make the mistake of talking about the mountain. So many people miss it because they're talking about the mountain. He said, talk to the mountain. How many dinner conversations would have to change if they couldn't talk about the mountain? How many thoughts first thing in the morning would have to change if people couldn't get up thinking about the mountain? Amen. How quickly things would change if we'd wake up talking to the mountain. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice Jesus didn't wait for God to do something about that tree. I mean, he's the son of God. He could have said, God, this tree's not treating your son right. No, he took his place and he's the one that did something about it. Amen. So we are not only to speak, but we're to speak specifically. Amen. We know over in Luke chapter four, turn with me if you would, we'll visit this real quickly. Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four, and we're going to start in verse three. This is, of course, when Jesus was in the wilderness of temptation and he was faced for 40 days and 40 nights, different tests and temptations. And it records in verse three, and the devil said to Jesus, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it may it be made bread. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Jesus did not hear Satan tempt him about turning the stone in, into bread. And Jesus said, well, I'm the son of God. He didn't say that. He said, thou shall not live by bread alone. Notice whatever the devil tempted him with is what he answered in line with. He answered specifically. Amen. If you're threatened with financial difficulty, the wrong answer to that is Jesus loves me. Well, that's true. Jesus does love you, but that's not the answer for lack. The answer for lack is Satan, take your hands off my money. Money, you come to me. Amen. We have to answer specifically in line with the threat, in line with the temptation. And know this, no one else can do your answering for you. Husbands, no wife can do your answering for you. Wives, no husband can do your answering for you. Amen. We have to learn answering opposition and tests specifically and rightly affects our homes, our marriages, our children, our finances. It affects our future. Amen. If we don't answer things right, it will show up in our future. Amen. 
This is something we also have to understand is you need to teach your children how to answer the devil. You need to teach your children how to answer wrong thoughts. Today's school systems are putting out such perverse things and calling them right. And you have to teach your children that's wrong and you better answer that thing. I'm not saying necessarily answer the teacher because that's going to, I'm saying answer it in the thought life. That's a lie. That's not true. That's a lie. That's not true. Just because someone said it doesn't make it true. And you have to teach your children to answer because I want you to know the devil will pick on little children in the middle of the night and they have to know how to answer that for themselves. And as they get older, how much more that is true. When a child is younger, a parent's authority and words can work. But as a child grows into their teenage years and come into the age of accountability, which is around 12 to 14, based on a child's maturity, it could be even far different than that. But children have to learn to answer. This is why I believe many who are in ministry don't realize people will say, well, uh, you know, ministry families can have a lot of difficulty. Why is that? Because sometimes children grow up in a ministry family and think mom and daddy can do all the answering for them. And I've taught my children, you got to do your own believing. You've got to do your own speaking to things. Just because you're part of a ministry family doesn't give you privileges. It opens you up to attacks. And you better be skillful. If you're part of a church that preaches the word, not only is the parent going to be challenged, the devil is going to challenge your children. You have to teach them how to answer fear. You have to teach them how to answer wrong thoughts. You have to teach them how to answer perverted sexual things. Amen. Because the devil will, the devil will lie to people and say, you're really a male in a female body or you're really a female in a male body. Those are perverted lies. And if you teach the children, answer that, answer that, answer that. The devil's confused. Demons will confuse the mind. I'm not confused and the word won't make us confused. We love people. That's why we tell them how to answer things. Because if you buy into his lies, he'll, he'll, he'll so distort your mind and so torment your thinking. When you see someone confused on gender issues, they are confused. They are tormented. We want them free. Amen. There is help. And the help is the right answer in your mouth. Put the word in your mouth. Tell devil, shut up and get out. (laughs) Amen. You have to protect your thought life. You have to protect your life. You have to protect your children and you have to teach the children how to protect their own thought lives. The devil will tell children things against their parents where they hate their family or hate their parents. You, You better teach them how to answer that. Amen. But if we as adults are not succeeding in answering, how do we help our children succeed in answering? For us to, our children to succeed, we must succeed. Our children must hear us talk to things that try to go wrong. Amen. Praise the Lord. There are rewards to answering right. (laughs) 
I mean, there are rewards to answering right. When God said to me two, two years before my husband went home to be with the Lord, he said, all I want you doing is practicing peace. So for the next two years, every wrong thought that came, I answered it. Every, everything that didn't bring peace, I answered, no, you don't, no, you don't. So that when this, this tragedy happened, I knew how to answer everything that came against my thought life. Why? So I didn't fall into grief, fall into sorrow. My family didn't fall into it. This church didn't fall into it. Why? Because the one thing we, we learned to answer things. Amen. Thank God for the word that shows us what the, an, the right answer to these situations are. The answer for life is not falling apart. The answer for life is not going into your emotional arena and crying and getting sympathy from people. That's not the right answer. Just because the majority of people answer tragedy that way, that's not our answer. Amen. But there are rewards to answering right. And because we've answered right in the face of tragedy, when my husband went home to be with the Lord as a congregation, we answered right. We've been progressing on ever since. And God's blessed us ever since. Amen. Why? Because right answers bless lives. Hallelujah. Remember when David was faced with Goliath? He ran at him with answers in his mouth. He didn't, he ran after, he went after him talking. I'm going to take your head off. And then I'm, when I'm done with you, I'm going to get all of you. That's exactly what he said. I'm going to get all of you. And he got rewards. The other Israeli soldiers were hiding, answering wrong. And when they, weren't, when they were giving the wrong answer, Goliath was gaining the advantage. Goliath was getting more boastful. Coming out every single day. Notice Goliath didn't leave him alone when they answered wrong. He got louder. If we don't answer right, problems don't leave us alone. They get bigger. They get louder and they start taking more territory. And David went after him and uh, did what he said with the help of, of a Holy Ghost anointed rocks. <laughs> Amen. And uh, at the end of it, he went on to a full reward. What was it? Because when he saw Goliath, he said, what's the guy get who beats him? Why? There's a reward for anyone who knows how to answer this giant. When you know how to answer the giants that come against your life, there's rewards on the other side of those giants. Amen. And they said, he said to them, what's the, what's the reward that you get when you answer the giant or take, take care of the giant right? See, only one man in an entire nation knew how to answer. Only one. Even the king didn't know the right answer. He was in his tent hiding. And they said, there is a threefold reward for the man who defeats Goliath. First of all, great riches. Like that one. <laughs> a young man he was a, a shepherd boy when he, when he woke up that morning and goes to bed rich in a day one right answer made him rich
But can I tell you this? He had practiced answering right as a shepherd boy. And so when it really mattered, when it really counted on a greater scale, he knew the right answer because he had been answering the little stuff all along. So first of all, the reward, you're richer than all your brothers now. He called you names when you came to check on them at the battlefield, remember? Second of all, now you got a wedding date coming. The king's daughter, you get to marry into royalty. Brothers, I'm getting out of sheep field. You're going to have to find yourself somebody else. I'm going to go live me in a palace. Married to the king's daughter. You've heard me say it before. People say what she looked like, it don't matter. It don't matter. You're changing bloodlines, coming into royal bloodline. Future children, bloodline royalty. Amen. The third thing was what? Free from service. You and your family, no more taxes. Oh, praise the Lord. Right answers will pay off your taxes. Amen. Why? There are rewards to answering right. I cannot tell you and impress upon you how important answering opposition, answering difficulty is to your life. Amen. Now, the second thing that we have to do, number one, in in the face of opposition, we have to answer every time, every time, every time, every time. The second thing is tell the devil to leave. See, the devil, the devil comes, the devil sends his influences, and they talk to you. Don't let, him set, don't let him stay around. Remember what I said that Jesus would say, shut up and come out. Amen. Amen. Don't let him stay. So the second thing is that spirit that speaks to you, the devil that speaks to you, tell him to leave. Your home is not his. Your children are not his. Your business is not his. Don't don't allow him on your property. He will show up, but you have something to say when he does and you run him off. Amen. So that's the second thing. I know this, that I was facing one, one project that we were doing and the spirit of God said to me, he said, um, you don't think anything with the anointing is going to go, uh, you don't think anything with the anointing on it is going to go unchallenged, do you? And he said that to me twice. And about two weeks later, as we were finishing up this project, I could feel an evil presence come in the room. And uh, it was just, he, he said something when he came. He said, this project is going to cost money of the ministry. It's going to bring embarrassment to the ministry. And I recognize that spirit of fear. Anytime you try to advance, fear is there to try to pull you back. I don't care what it is. Try to advancing the anointing, advancing in what you're born for, advancing in prosperity, advancing in healing. Whatever it is in revelation, fear will always show up to try to push you back from your advancement. And so I recognize that it was fear. And I said, fear you leave me in Jesus' name. Well, I sensed it stand off, but it stayed in the room. And I said to God, I said, I don't know why that spirit is standing off and not leaving. 
And then I realized what it was is that he was waiting to see if those words he spoke to me would find an entrance. I answered the, I answered the spirit, but I didn't answer the words. You understand? So I said, this project will not bring embarrassment to this ministry. This project will bless this ministry. See, I had to answer specifically the words that were spoken by the enemy. And then after I answered the words, then I answered him. And as soon as I answered the words, what it did, it stopped the movement of those words around my head. When he spoke those, those words just kept circling. If I could say, they just kept cycling through and cycling through and cycling through, trying to get in. I said, no, you don't, no, you don't. But I could still sense their movement around my head trying to get in. So when I said that project will not bring embarrassment, that project will be funded, it will bless the ministry, all of those words stopped moving. The devil will speak words to set movement against your life. Your words stop the movement of those words. If you don't answer them, those words will keep moving. That's why young kids and even adults get troubled and stay troubled for years. Why? They're not answering the words. Amen. You cannot outthink words. The devil will try to give you a thought. You can't outthink thoughts. You speak to words. You speak to thoughts that the devil gives. And you stop their movement. Amen. Amen. Then, after I answered those words, then I turned to that spirit of fear and I said, now you go. Then he left. And I said to God, why when I spoke to that spirit earlier, the spirit stood back and he didn't leave. He said, because he was waiting to see if those words that that were left unanswered were going to get in. He was wanting to see if he had an entrance. So number one, speak and answer the wrong thoughts, answer the wrong words spoken against you. Then number two, turn to the spirit that spoke them and tell them to leave. Amen. Amen. This is what Jesus said when I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Well, what is the power of the enemy? The power of suggestion. He suggests something. Remember what, remember Jesus has defeated Satan. He stripped him of all power and authority to hurt you. The only power he has left is he suggests wrong thoughts. He's all talk. That's what that means. He's all talk. But you have to answer wrong thoughts. And when you do, it stops their movement around your head. And then you turn to the spirit of fear, the, the devil, whatever is troubling you. You say, you get out of my life. You get out of my home. You get away from my children. Amen. The third thing, the third step to victory, the first one is what? Answer it and answer it specifically. Number two is what? Tell the spirit that spoke to leave. So you answer the words he said, then you tell the spirit speak and get out. The third thing is worship. Now, it only takes a moment to do the first thing to answer it. It only takes a moment to tell the spirit of fear, you get out. Tell the devil, you get out. Sickness, you get out. The bulk of the time is going to be spent on number three, worshiping. Worshiping God. Worshiping God holds your attention on the answer instead of the opposition. Worshiping God holds you in the spirit arena 
which is the faith arena. And out of the mental arena. The devil wants to drag you into that mental arena. He'll bring all kinds of thoughts, hammer all kinds of thoughts and suggestions against your mind. Worshiping keeps you from going into that mental arena. And it holds you in your spirit arena, in the faith arena. Amen. It holds your attention off the mountain and on the mountain mover. Amen. Brother Norval Hayes had recorded something that God said to him years ago. God spoke to him and said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. You need to teach my people to worship me more. If you'll teach my people to worship me more, I'll do great and mighty things for them. Now notice this, when God said they don't worship me enough, he's talking about a measurement of time. How long is enough? Well, Dad Hagen used to teach us this. Praise brings the anointing. And the anointing destroys the yoke. How long do we worship? Worship until the anointing comes. And then when the anointing comes, the anointing will destroy the yoke. So that's what... God was saying to Brother Norville, is my people don't worship me, couldn't we say this, long enough for the anointing to come. Amen. So God wants us to worship and praise until the anointing comes. God, the word says, God inhabits the praises of his people. But under the New Testament, we have it even better. God inhabits his people. But he still inhabits our praises. Amen. So when the devil's talking, you do some talking. You do some talking that God can anoint, that God can get in those words. And God can change things with the words that we say. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 So step number one is what? Answer it and answer it specifically. Step number two, tell the devil to leave. Number three, worship. And what are we going to have to do the longest? Worship. Amen. A lifestyle of worship. The word says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. If we will continually worship the Lord, we are continually keeping the door closed to the devil. The devil can't get in when God is being glorified, when God is being magnified, when God is getting our attention. The thing that allows the devil in is when he gets our attention. If we listen to him, if we put our focus on him, but if we will continually praise and continually worship, we keep the door closed to the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus did the hard part. He gave us the easy part. Amen. How about we become skillful at answering every opposition, every single symptom, Every single time something tries to get out of order in our life, we practice every day answering that. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.